It's also a very good morning to the member for Leichhardt, uh, Warren Inch, back in the uh, back in the studios here at Blackstar Radio. Thanks for uh, coming back to join us. Back in the saddle, Greg. Back yeah. in the saddle, mate. I'm still in that in that marathon run. Yeah, yeah. Well, you need to be in a two mile on Melbourne Cup uh, run for this election uh, business, I think, uh, Warren. And you uh, and you want a pretty handy jockey as well. Yeah, well, mate. As you can see, I'm not 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 puffing too hard. I, I, I still got the stamina and a little way to go, but I can see the finish line at the end. It's only eight days to go. Eight days to go. Yeah, as long as you haven't got a battery, we'll be right. <laughs> uh, as long as the plugging starts, somewhere we can plug it in up in the middle of the cape somewhere so we can get, recharge it yeah yeah look uh, look uh, just to uh, recap we've had um, a promise of uh, that 13 million dollars for um, a uh, part of an, a, a big art uh, layout in cairns a uh, can and uh, I just want to uh, go back over that and um, have a look at that city uh, deal, part of the city deal. It, it, for you, this uh, uh, this $13 million has come a, a little bit close to the election. Yeah, look, uh, the Queen, uh, Cairns Regional Council have been working on a city deal now for probably a couple of years. Um, in fact, they were working on it since the last election. Uh, Townsville actually got the first one up and... You know, it was always a hope that Cairns would have got the first one up. And, and in fact, there was an opportunity for Cairns to do it, but they hadn't hadn't completed what they wanted in a city deal. So they've been working on that over the last couple of two or three years. I was actually... Uh, I'm the chair of the Northern Australia Committee, and we did we did a uh, inquiry re- recently into tourism, and one of the recommendations on that inquiry was that the next two city deals that got up in Australia, in Northern Australia, one was in Darwin and one was in Cairns. So we were trying to expedite the process. Now, unfortunately... Um, we, you know, they're still working through it. There hasn't been a lot of involvement for my, for either myself, as a federal member, and or the, the the state member Michael Healy. It's mostly been done through the the mayor and the council, but that's fine. Um, we've had a look at what they what they finally proposed. Darwin's has actually got up, but only because they submitted it. And they submitted it on time, and it, it got time for consideration. Whereas the Cairns one, at last, it is completed, and I have no issue with it. I support it, as does Michael Healy, the state yeah. member. Yeah. But it, it it went in only five minutes before the election was called, and so it needed to be considered in its in its entirety. Part of the city deal is the thirteen million dollars for state and the thirteen million dollars for federal for part of that uh, arts precinct and i think that's a great it's a great concept understand though the mayor himself has said that they don't need the money until about 2021 or 2022 so it's a couple of years down the track and i've got no doubt at all that cairns will get it will get a city deal hopefully it'll be one of the next ones off the rank and i've got absolutely no doubt that the precinct will be part of that city deal Mm-hmm. will be part of the overall package. So, and the fact that they don't need it until 2022, it's not going to cause any delays or any problems with that regard. And so, uh, you know, I'm looking forward uh, after the election because once we go into election, everything goes into caretakers. You're not allowed to make decisions. Yeah, yeah. So let's get it done. Let's get it, let, let's get it uh, operational as quickly as we can. And uh, I've got no doubt it'll happen. I think it's a great concept on what they're talking about. 
Um, but there's a lesson there. If you want these things to be considered, you've got to actually put them in in a timely manner. Yeah. So it's going to link the uh, former courthouse uh, hotel, the uh, Mulgrave Shire building and the existing Cairns Art Gallery. Now, uh, when uh, I, I was speaking to uh, Senator Pat Dodson on this, uh, they're, uh, they're looking to use that to... Um, uh, that money uh, that they're putting in to go towards Indigenous art to be a showcase uh, for Australia. Uh, have you got uh, similar ideas along that? Oh, look, well, that's what the concept. Yeah, that's yeah. what the concept is. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. it's for a showcase there. I just want to make sure that whatever we do there, we're not going to be competing with Jabakai. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jabakai does a lot of great work out there, and I think that we can do one that complements them rather than one yeah. that competes with them. And I think that's very, very important. Understand also from an Indigenous arts perspective here, uh, we've got Kayaf, uh, Kayaf here, which is, you know, yeah. it's, it's become internationally known. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you've got Yumi Arts and you've got a whole lot of other things that we need to link into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not see this as the major competitor. For them, so there needs to be a, a, a serious amount of consultation mm. on this to make sure that we don't impact on other uh, indigenous arts, um, you know, kick arts and these others that have a very significant indigenous uh, uh, component. So that we all work together on this one. But yes, absolutely, um, more than you know, more than support this and. Uh, but, you know, as the Mayor said, it's going to take a few years before yeah. it starts to get there. And I've got no doubt at all that it will. Warren, um, we've um, had just had the, um, the opposition um, leader, Bill Shorten, um, make announcements about renewable energy and making a hub uh, for um, North Queensland with that. Uh, what, what's your take on that? Greg, we're already doing it. Yeah, this is the and and and, and he's talking. Of, he, he, he's flown up to Cairns for a photo opportunity. He's here for five minutes to make an announcement on a renewable hub somewhere in Queensland. Could be in Rockhampton. It could be in Mackay. It could be in Townsville. We don't know. But he made that announcement here uh, at the at the aquarium, so it looks good for the reef. And then he's gone. But the reality is, we're already doing it. Now, under, under our government, under coalition government, we've, we've just put the money in for the Kidston Pumped Hydro Scheme, which is going to be massive. Yeah. Under our government, we managed, we managed to get up the, uh, uh, the Emerald, Mount Emerald Farm, which is now functional. We got the first of its kind in Australia with the solar array with battery storage. So you've got a, a, you, you, in, in Lakeland Downs, which is a... Uh, um, which is a baseload power station. That's already gone. We've just announced $50 million for renewable, uh, innovative renewable microgrids. And, of course, the first one is a, a solar hydrogen one north of the Daintree. We're very well advanced with Woodgel Woodgel on a hydro program there to cut them out of the grid and have, their, have a fully hydro-powered system there so there's a lot of things that are happening what and, and so you know this business of we we might do it somewhere along up we're going to do it somewhere we're already doing it we're punching well well above our weight where we're we running into trouble and this is where the opposition leader can actually help to facilitate it is we've got a number of projects including uh solar projects in mariba We've got another wind project at Lakeland. We've got the uh, Newcastle Rangers near Georgetown, another uh, a wind project there. 
and we've also we haven't completed the Kidston project, trying to get access to the grid, trying to negotiate with the state-owned um, uh, Ergon Energy. So if he wants to do something, what he could do is encourage his mates in the state government to open the gates and allow these projects to get access to the state-owned grid, but even more so if he's worried about prices, allow these projects to come in there and to be able to use the network but be able to wholesale and retail power for themselves and not have to negotiate something to gift it to Ergon. So, look, you know, this is the sort of stuff that really annoys the hell out of me. They come up here because they see the campaign is lacking or lagging a little bit. They're trying to boost it. And they make an announcement that really says absolutely nothing. He didn't come up here and say, Rightio, we're going to do it in, Ke- in far north Queensland in Cairns. We're going to do something somewhere and maybe, and the reality is we are already been doing it and we've been doing it for a number of years with very significant coalition government investment. Warren, um, renewables, you know, it, it's an issue that a lot of people sort of have been a bit sceptical of, but I listened to the news last night and England for one week was powered totally on renewable energy. Absolutely. And can you imagine? Look, just stop and think about this for a second. This is this this 50-odd million dollars that we've put in there for innovative renewable microgrid projects. The first one is the hydrogen project, solar hydrogen in the Daintree. So and that'll, be, that'll be ready, shovel-ready within a year. The second one, I'm confident, will be the hydro project, you know, coming out of the Bloomfield River, the Bloomfield Falls. And this is one being driven by the Woodgill community. The third one I'm hoping to do will be the 15 islands in the Torres Strait, taking them off diesel, putting them onto solar and hydrogen. We get that array right. Every single community, every single community in Cape York, which is now have their own microgrids, we could be looking at converting them into solar and hydrogen. Huge saving once we've got the, you know, and, 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 you know, the technology is there to do this, but there's an opportunity for us to spread this right across our region and they will be 100% then, you know, on renewable energy because the key to hydrogen, first of all, you need solar to heat up the water. And you can do that. Once you heat up the water and create the hydrogen gas, you can store that to run your generator. But you also, as the generator is running, you store it into additional battery arrays so that you've got the batteries there for the, as a backup as the, if, you know, if, if the sun's not shining and you're not generating enough gas. It is fabulous. And we can do that. And, you know, we won't be able to run you know, not when necessary to run it in these communities for a week, Greg. We're looking at running it forever in these communities. Amazing news. Look, um, one other thing that's popped its head up and it's been a, a, an ongoing one um, uh, between um, the federal government and the uh, state government, and that is... Um, um, you, you, you even know what I'm going to say before I say it. <laughs> housing. <laughs> it's, it's housing <laughs> and, uh, and money. Now, now, one of the things that's been uh, brought up uh, and um, put uh, to me is this, that, that the, the money the federal government's putting in is only in a, a one-off, one-last situation, and it's not ongoing. Can you add to that? Oh, of course I can. And, and this, is, this is where, you know, the state government 
quite frankly, has been playing silly buggers on this for a long time. We knew that the Napari scheme was going to finish on the 30th of June uh, 2018. It was a 10-year program. The reason that Napari came into existence is because the states and territories stuffed up. They didn't put enough money aside for remote housing and they got themselves into a crisis situation. And in 2007, they come cap in hand to the federal government and said, we need some help. We are so far behind. And we put about $1.6 billion that we agreed to do that as a one-off Napari scheme. And, you know, there's something like, I don't know, 1,500 houses were built and uh, another eleven or 1,200 houses that were upgraded onto it. Um, and And... That has been fantastic. It started off pretty roughly because the state government was trying to run the whole show. They were doing flat pack houses that were built outside, you know, in capital cities and barged up there that people didn't like and didn't want to live in. They were, you know, and in some places they were building million dollar houses, which was just ridiculous. But eventually we got it on track and many of the communities are taken over building their own homes and they're building homes that they like, that they want to live in. And you have a look at Hopevale, you have at Lockhart, you have a look at Napramum, and up in the NPA, these are houses that people want. It's been fantastic. But the program was always going to run out on the 30th of June last year. A year or so before we started negotiating with, count, with, with state and territory governments, and with the, uh, initially without, with the exception of West Australia, South Australia and Queensland, all the others, Northern Territory was the first to sign off on an agreement for an ongoing funding arrangement. Since then, West Australia uh, uh, and South Australia have signed off. Queensland's just said no. They refused to do it. We've offered them money. They've refused to do it. Now, I've been saying for the last year, if they don't come to the party, let's cut the state government out of this. Let's go straight into the communities. But the problem is finding a vehicle to do that. And so I've been talking with community mayors, with council mayors, and recently... Um, we got a letter from the uh, 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 from the uh, uh, Cape York and the Torres Strait councils. Uh, they have set up a new organisation there. It was a letter that was written by uh, Eddie, Eddie Newman, asking for them to be the body that's considered to run it to take it out of the Queensland government's hands. That was what we were looking for. And so up until a couple of weeks ago, we were pleading with the state government to sign off and Jackie Trad and that just kept playing the politics. There's a federal election. Let's say the feds are not giving us any money. It's their fault. Well, we warned her. Nigel Scullion come up here a couple of weeks ago when we opened up the uh, Cape York House Women uh, Girls, Girls uh, College out at Red Lynch. And I said to, to Nigel, we're running out of time. These guys need certainty. Let's give him the money. He went back and spoke to the Prime Minister. And, of course, we, this week I went up with, with Ralph, Ralphie Kendall up to Pomperau and we announced the $105 million, which is the federal contribution, is going to go into the, uh, into, the, into the new entity up there for the Cape York and the Torres Strait Councils, and that money will be distributed directly to the councils. Now, the money that we're offering is not a long-term solution. The money that we're offering is for the eight, uh, 385 houses that they, the, that they had not completed under the Napari scheme. So that's all that's about. Now, what we're also asking them to do is to give us an idea what they're going to need, what their growth rates are going to be into the future so that we can start allocating funding for the future 
instead of having to play catch-up all the time. Mm -hmm. We don't know what those numbers are. Some of the communities will grow quicker than others. Some of the communities may not grow at all. Some communities may go back a little bit. So let's find out what the growth projections are for the next five or ten years. Then we can put the money in it. In the meantime, this will give these councils an opportunity to get out there and show the world in spite of what Jackie Trad and the state government and others are saying, that they don't have the capacity to do it. You know, they are already managing federal money, roads to recovery, financial assistance grants, TIDS money. All of this has already been money managed by councils. So why in the hell can't they manage their own, building their own homes in their own communities? So I say this empowers them even more. It takes state government out of the mix, which means they get another 14% extra to spend on housing that the state government would put in their pocket as a management fee. So I think it's a very exciting opportunity to move forward in housing, and we need to support them 1,000%. Warren, uh, we're going to talk again on uh, Wednesday, just before the election next week, mm. so we'll, uh, we'll save a little bit for then. But one uh, uh, last item on the agenda I'd like to uh, ask you about is uh, the money put into the uh, seawall project uh, just recently. You, 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 you've got some uh, thoughts on that, I gather. Absolutely. Now, you know, and the state, uh, federal government's come out and uh, having no idea at all of the reality. It's, oh, you know, state government put $20 million bucks up recently and they said, you know, we want the feds to match the $20 million. Well, the last time that we actually spoke to both the Island Council and the TSRA, we said, how much do you need to fix the problem? This is for the whole or the six islands. They said, we need $27 million. And so that $27 million was allocated. <coughs> Torres Strait Island Regional Council <coughs> was given the responsibility of managing that money to make the job happen. The $27 million was spent, and the only island that got done was Saibai. Just one island. It was that money, we were told by them reliably that this was going to cover every. All the other islands missed out. Now, there was, I think, $1.3 million left over, which was transferred across to start the work on Boigu. And then the state government come up and said, oh, we give them another $20 million. But at the end of the day, it's not the amount of money, it's what work gets done. And I'd hate to see another <clears throat> 20 or $40 million get blown on one island. Now, I'd been over into uh, Cocos Island, I'd seen what they were doing over there, amazing work that's being actually done by the local community. And so I came back and said, these central islands, you know, Warrabur and uh, Masik and uh, uh, Puruma, they can be done with this sandbag uh, technology on Cocos. But the good thing about it, we get the right equipment and we can actually train up a group of people there that can then do it. If there's repairs needed, they have a small micro-business that they will then generate <coughs> income and be on site to do the job when it's necessary. And so TSRA put, I think, about $625,000 up. They got the Torres Island Council to, to do it in the, in, in the interim, and they used CDEP workers on Puruma to actually do, to do the physical work. <coughs> I went out and had a look. They've done a brilliant job. There's still a lot more to be done. So what we've done, instead of just saying... Here's, here's another $20 million. Come back when you've, when you've blown it all and we'll do it again. We've actually been very specific because at the end of the day, we've put $5 million in through the TSRA. Just to, there's $20 million the state's put up. Let them do the Boigu work. We've put $5 million in here now to do the, the central islands 
But what we're doing, even with the work that they've done to date, they didn't buy a, a sand pump. They've been using a big excavator to fill the bags and then walk them across the other side of the island and plant them, then walk back and fill it. They should have had a, a, a sand pump like they're doing in Cocos where you've got them filling them up and then taking them over to the work site and you're doing it quicker and much more cost-effective. Mm-hmm. And I've said to, uh, to the minister, we've got to insist that with that money they buy a sand pump. But in doing so, when they're getting a crew together, train them how to do this. So at the end of the day, when it's finished, you're going to have a small skill group there that can continue to do ongoing repair work as it is required and, and build a business. So it's not that we're not doing sand, uh, sand, but we're actually not measuring it in dollars. We're actually doing it physically on the ground. And we're still trying to get to the bottom of where the $27 million was spent. And let me tell you, a lot of that money was spent, instead of taking rock out of Bardu, because you've got quarries at Bardu and Horde Island, they were barging rocks from Cairns up to Saibai for the rock wall. Can you imagine how much extra that would have cost? Mind-boggling. Warren, um... We're going to talk to you again on Wednesday, and uh, the countdown's on. It's not that long until the actual uh, the numbers will be up on the board, and uh, we'll find out who's who after that. But um, in the meantime, thank you for coming in and sharing those uh, thoughts with us right here on Morning Focus this morning. Always a pleasure, Greg. You know that. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. <laughs> thank you, Warren. Thank you.